This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, new edition of the Winning Plays Podcast, holiday edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. My name is Brian Robb, joined by my partner in crime at Math Live, Suichi Tirada. Thank you, sir, for hopping on, heading into, as you make your maiden voyage for Christmas Day in Milwaukee. <laughs> How excited are you for a tilt between whoever's playing on these two squads? Uh, less ex- yeah, if Giannis isn't playing, if depending on the players, uh, I'm so excited because it'll be like a Christmas Day game and like 2:30 tip nationally televised. Like there's all that stuff. Um, I think I would be more excited. Like I'm from the Midwest, but like maybe if I was somewhere a little warmer, I think I would be a little bit more excited. But <laughs> otherwise, like I'm I'm pretty pumped for the trip. Honestly, like I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think uh, you know we'll uh, we'll see with the on the player front especially with Celtics having eight players in protocols but hopefully uh, some guys come out uh, on both sides of, of the team to see, a, to see a little bit of a better product than uh, what it has been the past week or so absolutely but we know one guy that should be there is Joe Johnson 40 year old Joe Johnson <laughs> who you know we I was kind of surprised here and I'm curious like this was like this was like front page news, like everywhere yesterday. This is maybe the biggest story <laughs> in the NBA on Wednesday when, you know, Joe Johnson signs with the hardship ex- exception. He's been out of the league for two years. Um, but I think he tried to come back with the Pistons. Was it the beginning of last season and got cut at the yeah, end of the game? 1920. Yeah. So, well, first of all, let's just talk about the, the end of the game against the Cavs there. Like you were, you're there to, you know, you saw it firsthand, just the, the amount of energy from the crowd in terms of getting him in the game there. I mean, it, this wasn't like taco level, but it, I'd say it's pretty close in terms of what the volume seemed like in terms of how excited they were to get him on the floor at the end of that game. I was full disclosure. I wasn't at the game just for like close contact reasons, just precautionary. I'm fine. Yeah. But um, I think um, the, the cool, the, the, I thought about that actually with the chance. I was like, wow, do we want Taco chance? And do we want Joe chance? Which is like kind of ironic because Taco, they already got Taco. He started the game uh, from, from tip, obviously with the oh, okay, safety protocol stuff. Yeah. But um, it, I mean, I thought that was really cool. Um, It was funny. I was just getting like a bunch of like random people I haven't heard from for like months. They're like, you're going to see Joe Johnson tonight? I'm like, I mean, kind of. Like, he's on the Celtics. Like, this is really cool. And I think, like, I think there is something, like, really cool about Joe Johnson just because, like, I mean, he may kind of mention with, like, Jalen and Jason, like, roughly we're the same age. And, like, Joe Johnson is, like, this, like, he was one of the dudes, you know, like, when we were growing up watching the league and everything. Like, he's 40 now, but, like, when, like, a decade ago when he was playing, like, I think, I think that leaves an impression, you know, just, like, the nostalgia and just, like, I think there's, like, it's weird just because like I like covering the NBA now, like you'll see like superstar players, like, you know, like, and you kind of get desynthesized to it. But like when you have somebody like Joe Johnson, I think when like he, like he was one of those guys growing up, you know, like it, it, at least for me, it was like a really cool experience just to watch that. I'm sure it was for like NBA fans of all ages, but just like something about like the kid, you know, middle school, high school kid and you watching like a 40 year old go out there and do his thing and hit a shot. Like that was, was pretty electric. So it was, it was funny just because it truly came out of left field. I think even for him. And, and he mentioned that at his you know, pregame and postgame presser, but it was just like one of those cool, like sports movie moments, you know? Um, it, and I think, I think, you know, that's, I think that's why the NBA is so cool is because you can't get a 40 year old, you know, COVID sucks, health and safety protocol sucks, but uh, finding like a positive, small positives out of something like that, like, 
I think that can give the Celtics a jolt, especially, uh, you know, as they finish up this December schedule. And maybe we'll see ISO Joe on uh, Christmas Day. That would be that would be electric. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it needs the ratings. Um, no, but you're right. I think you nailed it off the nostalgia. Maybe it's like been amplified more in the last couple of years of like you said, like the how crappy a year it's been for everyone mm-hmm. um, just with for a, a variety of reasons that we don't need to get into right now. But um, but yeah, like the nostalgia as people are just enjoying that more than ever here. And this is I don't know, like Joe Johnson. He was, you know, he was a star. Like I thought he was, you know, back in the heyday, he was not a boring star, but, you know, pretty like, you know, didn't stand out much among the pack at the time. Mm-hmm. But whether it's, you know, the big three league in the last couple of years where, you know, he's been where people have embraced that more and more. And obviously the the full circle thing of the Celtics of the draft pick, you know, being traded <laughs> away like 20 years ago, um, halfway into his rookie year. Like it was it was it was clearly a situation where uh, I didn't expect that level of like, you know, people. It's a cool story. I didn't expect like that level of, you know, we're doing live hits yeah. on sports center about this guy you know coming <laughs> back in on a 10-day deal but that's i guess where we are right now and it's again it, like you said if if he can give those guys on the bench something in terms of like a mentorship and by all accounts he's a you know very you know good dude on that front in terms of giving that knowledge out like for a Celtics team that is kind of been stuck in the mud all year long that's maybe i'll give him a little jolt here I, I thought it was super interesting just because like, I, at least I thought it was really funny. Like after the game, like the story of the game with him, you know, like obviously Celtics beat the Cavs. Like it was a good win. They played very well, but it was just like, he was a story, but he, he kind of deflected and he was like, yeah, you know, the most important thing was a win. The team was looking for his identity. Let's string some wins. And I'm like, bro, you're here on a 10 day deal. Like, you weren't even like, <laughs> did you really know anything about the Celtics? You probably better be careful though. <laughs> Yeah, especially with that yeah. non-guaranteed deal, honestly. But it was just like, it was just like such a like, I just thought that was like, you know, I thought that was one funny, but it was just like, okay, yeah, he is like a 40-year-old that like he is going to say the right things. He is going to be kind of like, you know, a mentor figure, I'm sure for Jalen and Jason and the other guys. So, and then the Al, Hor- Al Horford connection is also very cool. I, I think that kind of dawned on people a little late amid the chaos, but I was like, oh yeah, like Alan, like Alan Joe all starts together in Atlanta. Like that's a really cool like subplot of the many, you know, of the many that came from yesterday. So, but the veteran leadership part I thought was pretty funny when he was like, Yeah, mentorship, leadership. We got to string some wins together. I'm like, bro, you're gonna be here for like three games, but like, yeah, let's yeah, talk it, man. Talk it. <laughs> so I I also did appreciate before, you know, the so he got in the game with two minutes left when you know the game was pretty much in doubt. And he didn't get the they they gave him the ball a couple of times on the early possessions mm-hmm. and but you know he was doing the right thing and making the right pass making the right play <laughs> and then it got down to 40 seconds left when the Cavs got fouled there at the free throw line and you could see Pritchard go in and talk to him when he was lining up at the free throw line and you could be like okay dude this is this is it for you like I'm I'm, I'm clearing <laughs> out like you're bringing up the ball here and you're running your play and. It looked like it was in slow motion. The how, like, but that's kind of his game anyway. And yeah. I saw on Twitter that someone was like, "This was so boring." I'm like, "Bro, this is Joe Johnson. What do you mean, man? Like, this is what he's been doing for like however many years. Like, that's how he made seven All Star teams." Right. It's like exactly. It's not flashy. It's a, it was a very. That's why he was like kind of the boring star, if he was, because this is that's yeah. what he like. Like mid range pull ups is not is not sexy. But when you do them at four, when you come back at 40 after two years out of the league and that's, you know, you hit your bread and butter and your one chance, like that's, 
you know, everyone deserves to get all fired up for that. So it's, it is, it's just like, uh, again, for a, for a run of the mill game in the middle of December where both teams are just absolutely decimated by COVID. It was a, a nice distraction, if nothing else. From yeah. The moment. Like, I, I truly think like maybe they can use this kind of as a chill. Like it, it definitely like takes you out of like the day to day. I know Christmas is coming up, but just with December being as tough as it was and like the Celtics looking like how they were being a 500 team and everything looking kind of miserable at times. Like, sure. Why not have the 40 year old former seven time all-star put a little jolt on the team? Like, I don't think that, especially on a 10 day contract, like, I don't think you really lose anything. I think if anything, like, you know, it's as far of a, it's as far away as from a distraction as you could get on in all honesty. So we'll see. I don't know. I think it, it's fun. And I think, uh, you know, maybe the Celtics will kind of use it for a little more juice. It's going to be interesting here. You know, so the NBA changed all these rules now for the 10 days. Obviously you can sign a guy for each guy that goes in the COVID protocols. Normally you're only allowed to sign two, 10 day contracts before you got to sign a deal for the rest of the year. I wonder if they're going to have to change that now yeah. because of this, Yeah, like around the league. Cause it's like all these guys are going to, I expect guys are going to keep testing. They're going to be mm-hmm. tested positive for COVID all winter with the new with yeah. the Omicron here. It's just like, it seems to be super contagious and you're not necessarily safe. If, even if you get, you know, triple boosted here. So I wonder for a guy like that or just all these guys around the league that are obviously getting their, their chances right now, if, if the league changes that rule and allows like these type of guys to hang around beyond just the, the 20 days, or if you're going to be, if we're going to be dealing with like the the third string of the G league on 10 day deals (laughs) by the, by the the time the season's over. Well, I I think we're already there to be honest, considering (laughs) the sheer amount of them. Like, like you may said, like it's a great time to be a G league or a fringe guy. Um, especially with all these contracts, but yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe they'll change it to like a 20 day contract or something. Just right. Maybe two of those or just something like that. But it's, yeah, it's hard to imagine like, I don't know, like a guy like Justin Jackson or CJ miles, like maybe they want to keep them along for more than 20 days. Like, and I think that would be beneficial for both sides because they keep making a, it's like a decent check of change. I think it's like 60 grand or 70 grand per 10 day contract, yeah. but it's just like, yeah, like, like, it's, there's just too much going on, I think. I mean, the Celtics have eight players in protocols right now. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you never know what, like, like this is, like, Al and Josh Richardson's, like, second stint in, in protocols this year. Like, you never know what's going to happen with Omicron. So, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I didn't really think about that. But I think the league kind of needs to, to be honest. So we'll, we'll see the, how the next few weeks go. I think that'll be it'll be kind of dependent on that and the curve and the U.S. and everything. So It is. So what – let's look – bigger picture now the team you know they're they're 16 and 16 and they had what that one game when they were whole and then it's obviously been for the last week this whole homestand that they haven't really had after, after the bucks game it's been people in and out of the protocols here um what what are the biggest takeaways for you right now from just the, the players that are playing and they are available right now like what what has stood out for you in this stretch um and what do you think, you know, and what actually has staying power versus more stuff that's just a result of the circumstances? Yeah, I think that I think Ime and the Celtics should just never mention being a full strength again because yeah. it seems like every Stress. time they say it, they're like, it feels good. I'm like, yeah, but like, let's see how long it lasts. And then I think it was whatever game that was, maybe the Bucks. And then, then they get hit by protocols again. So I think they should just stay away from that. But 
I've been really encouraged, I think, by Jalen's play just because, like, you know, the first time he came back, he just clearly didn't look like himself. Like, it, it, he was grimacing. He looked, he looked like he was in pain. He said his body didn't respond well. But recently, he's, he's you know, put together two, two solid performances, 30-plus points. He looks more like himself. Um, I don't think he's 100% all the way back in terms of, like, the burst and everything. But I think you feel good in the sense that he hasn't said anything in terms of, like, feeling bad or just, like, his body responding bad. And obviously the Celtics were a little more conservative when they kept them out of that five-game road trip. But I think I think Jalen's play has been has been, has been good um, and, and can really, you know, like, last night with the Cleveland win, like, Jace, like, Tatum wasn't, like, that great. Like, he had a slow start. He had a little bit of a flurry in the second quarter. But overall, like, it wasn't a very good shooting night. But you can rely on somebody like Jalen Jalen to kind of pick up the slack there. And I think that's what the Celtics are, were missing when Jalen was out. Just obviously – Missing a second ulcer, missing your second ulcer does not help things in the production department. But when, when Jalen is on and maybe Tatum isn't, like, you can still play pretty well. And obviously, other factors were included, like Rob shooting, like, you know, 90% or whatever it was. But overall, I think you, you, you're you happy with Jalen. You're happy with Peyton. Just we'll see with Peyton. I think a lot of people are pretty gung-ho about him. Just He's been playing well, obviously making some shots. And he can tell his confidence back. I had somebody tweet at me, like, his confidence was never gone. But I'm like, eh. I think you can kind of tell just because, like, he he definitely passed up some open three-pointers, uh, you know, when he wasn't playing that much. Like, he would have 100% shot last year and, and made them at a pretty decent clip last year. So, I think you feel good about what Peyton is doing. You, you kind of question where – how the guard rotation check, um, you know, kind of comes out after after this recent stretch just because you do have, you know, your three-point guard right now with Dennis, Marcus, and Peyton. But I think you're seeing Peyton – Eat into Dennis's minutes a little bit. Um, I think that might have also been ineffectiveness last night. He wasn't exactly great with the shot, but overall, I think I think you look at those two guys, you feel good about it. You, you're kind of you know you're a little intrigued just because if they if if Jalen can stay healthy for the rest of the season, if Peyton can add a little bit more three point shooting, like that that helps out a very well like a very a team that's that doesn't shoot threes well and, and the offense hasn't exactly come along besides you know a few game spurts. So if, the, if those two can add that production, I think you feel pretty good about it going forward. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, the three-point shooting, it's like this, if that's what this team needs, like you have to try your internal options first before like mm-hmm. Brad Stevens tries to address that. And for as bad as Pritchard was for the first, for November, essentially. He um, looked real well, yeah. But but at the same time, it's like, you also have last year's sample size. Being like, all right, we know this guy can shoot in the NBA. Like that shouldn't have disappeared. Um overnight maybe the broken nose and the, the the mask you know factored in a little bit there something <laughs> that Pritchard um admitted but now again you have three straight games now where he's at over 20 minutes on the court and he's shooting seven of 15 from three during that stretch is that a mm-hmm. a coincidence probably not like he's there's and to your point too when it's like the shot attempts he's taking he was certainly a lot less hesitant to, to pull when he knew that he only had five minutes a game or 10 minutes a game. And if he goes over two there or is taking a shot mm-hmm. that might be normally outside his comfort zone or Ime Yodoka's comfort zone that like, yeah, I'm not going to risk that, but that that's honestly what this team needs right now. They need that kind of spacing around um, their stars. It seems like just to, to keep the offense in, in going. Yeah. I mean, with, with, I think it's, like all the professional three-point shooters, right? Like guys like Ray Allen and all these guys, Reggie Miller, um, Steve Kerr, I remember he said he had drills where he would literally just sit for five minutes and then shoot a three and then go sit for five minutes again. Like, like I think with three-point shooting, like it's tough for like a 23-year-old kid, like second year in the league, like 
to just sit for however many games, come out maybe a little cold, like shoot two three-pointers and like expect him to make it. Like I think he needs to get in into rhythm and, and being able to play these minutes has really helped in that regard. Like perhaps, you know, later on down the line in his career, he'll think more about, hey, maybe, you know, spot-up shooter, et cetera, et cetera. But um, like the Steve Kerr's of the world. But I, I just think that's a difficult ask of a kid who who pretty much consistently throughout his like basketball playing career, like whether it be in high school, Oregon, or even his rookie year, like he got pretty consistent minutes. Like sure it dipped at times last year, but like he was a rotation player and, and he was able to create that rhythm. So I think you look at it now and you just see the sporadicness. And I know that you like, you could tell this frustrated him when he does speak post game. And I'm sure it does for every player, but it's just, it's, it's a tough ask. And so the fact that he is playing, you know, 20 plus minutes, three straight games, I think that's just going to help in the long run. And we'll see if that affects things at the trade deadline. Like that's coming up soon. And uh, Brad Stevens already kind of made a few savvy trades. So we'll see what else he has up his sleeve. You certainly will. We'll get to the trade deadline and, you know, the trade positive stuff <laughs> in a second. But first, um, so we talk, we're going to talk about Bet Online, our winning play sponsored here. They have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through college bowl season and the NFL playoffs come up. Um, when does Michigan State play against Suichi? For you, what, what do you, what play, do you think? Uh, play in the Peach Bowl against Pitt on December 30th, one week from today. So that'll be fun. All right, so you, all right, so you'll probably be playing, putting a white rager on that one on Bet Online, but Bet Online remains your number one spot for sports action this season. You can head over there, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code CLNS fifty to receive that bonus for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. You can take advantage of all the amazing offers they have for the twenty twenty one season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so we're 16 and 16 Suichi right now. Brad Stevens, we're probably a month and a half away from the trade deadline as of right now. What is your strategy right now if you're Brad Stevens in terms of just evaluating things and what you might want to do the next thing? Like what are you (laughs) are you in a completely like weight mode are you you think you have a pretty good idea know, that you know what you want to do but you you know you don't have to wait obviously for other teams to come to the table like what's where do you where do you stand in terms of what how much you can actually take out of the 16 and 16 record so far um honestly not too much just because Jalen has missed about a little less than half the season at this point I think I think that's such a big part of it I also think you look at right because coming into the season, you saw the extension with Marcus and Rob, and you said the core was those two, Jalen and Jason, obviously. And you, and you got those guys locked up for years. You got to see what those guys are. We just haven't seen that much of it. I think you look at this current state of the roster, and you feel okay about things. But at the end of the day, this is a 500 roster, and and, and I don't really think there's a way to sugarcoat that. Even even without Jalen playing half the games, I, I, I want to say. Like a few weeks ago, I read one of your articles and it was like the Jalen record when he does play wasn't exactly like sparkling either, right? So right. I think you you look at the pieces and you you just question how things can get a little better. I think truly like with trade online, I think you start with Dennis Schroeder just because he's on such an affordable contract and you realize like, you know, no matter what you, you want to do, like it, it's going to be hard to like re-sign this guy. Like he's been playing decently well. I know some Celtics fans aren't exactly in love with his dribbling and then how he kind of sucks up the offense at times, but he, he's an effective player when he's on. And I think as a third scoring option, he has been, 
especially as a Jalen filler, like I think he's been he's been pretty good in that regard. But I think you start with him, see if you can get any value from him from from a guy from a contender who is willing to make that trade. And I think you go from there. Like I think the biggest thing is just I think a few personnel switches might help out this offense, but to the you know to the expense of the defense. Like we talked about Peyton, but. You know, we, we also have to consider that he's not exactly a defensive stalwart on that end of the court. Mm. So, <laughs> sure, he might help the three-point shooting at the end of the day. I think he will. But, you know, those defensive numbers, like you have a top, I believe right now, 10th in defensive rating. Like maybe that slips a little bit more uh, if you make some personal changes. So, I think I think you look at Dennis. I think you, you try to have a little bit more perspective about the injuries. But at the same time, you know. I think the 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 fact too is that the Celtics. It's it's weird just because Ime has admitted this. Like the inconsistency has been consistent, and that's just a frustrating part. And I think that's a very fair point, just because you do see the effort level occasionally go up and down. But at the same time, like these are professional athletes. Like you, that shouldn't be such an issue. It is. Um, it seems it seems like ever since I joined the beat least in uh, in February. So. I think I think you keep context, but at the same time, you you listen to offers though, just because. I mean, at least with it's, at least with the moves he's made so far, like they've kind of came out of left field in the sense that like he was a little bit more. I would say, you know, I think I keep calling them move savvy that Brad has done over the last offseason, but I think that's a really good way to just put it. Like, Kemba doesn't look like Kemba anymore, you know, regardless of the Celtics game. Like Josh Richardson, like like he has his flaws but he's been a pretty good player um you know for the Celtics especially off the bench like Ime obviously likes him off the bench and um all the salary cap maneuvering and all that so I think you consider all that and, and you kind of wait and see but at the same time you know I'm, I'm sure Brad has something like some like kind of like an obscure trade um <laughs> that he has just gonna pull out of nowhere and be like oh okay I didn't even didn't even know that was a possibility like here he is you know that's why uh I guess he was promoted to a president of basketball operations <laughs> Yeah, I can see him just shuffling the deck to to keep us on our toes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I mean, you wrote a good article on this earlier this week on the Peyton Schroeder situation on Mass Live that just kind of lays out, you know, the, you, you have to at least see what's out there for sure mm-hmm. with his contract situation as it is and with Pritchard showing signs of life here um, as a contributor. And then, I mean, Richardson, I wonder, he's had a very good year when he's been available. And especially in the last couple months. So you wonder if he's out of the movable pieces, you wonder if he might have the most value because he, you yeah. know, they did sign with that extension for one more year at a reasonable money. And that's just a position of, of need around a league of just a wing that, you know, defensively kind of is good at hounding guys. Um, so that would be something both those guys, I feel like are the two guys to watch here based on, mm-hmm. you know, how the season gone and what, you know, are they really part of your long-term plan if you're, still at 500 in another you know three or four weeks here yeah i mean i think both of them are good players like nothing against them as players like i no, think no. josh has actually been shooting a little better than everyone expected him to be and obviously on the defensive end they do what they do even even though the effort level does weigh in at times but overall like like you mentioned like i don't know like it seems like they kind of, like i think celtics fans look at them those two as kind of like not like the same, but like just like a package deal just because they came in roughly at the same time in the offseason. But I think in terms of contract, like Josh especially, and I guess Dennis too on an expiring, like I think you're not going to get much val- better value. So we'll, we'll see. And you can maybe package them for something a little bit better. But I think the salary part is, is kind of the most like most like exciting or just like the most interesting at least just because like there are a lot of ways to fit such small contracts relatively into, into salary caps uh, come trade deadline. All right. One other thing I want us to wrap up on here that is 
kind of off the trade map here, but I think you provide good perspective here. But so John Schumann of NBA.com just broke this down in his latest um, notebook post on, on NBA.com here is just looking at the Celtics struggles late in games. And we saw an example of this, obviously, um, earlier this week when the Celtics were up by seven with four minutes left against the Sixers and gave up an 18-6 run to lose that game. It's like, I don't know if it's like the same movie, but we've seen a lot of that this year. And honestly, you, you saw a lot. Like you came in mid-season last year, Suji, but they that was something that went all the way back. And so he crunched the numbers. And in clutch games this year, you know, within five points and within the last five minutes of the game, the Celtics are 25th in the league, 6-11 and 11 overall in those games. Last year... They're 17 and 26 in those games, which is 27th overall. So my question to you, Suichi, is that is this is this a trend? Is this like bad luck? Like who and who? If it's if it is a trend, like where where do you point the finger in terms of like what's wrong with this team in these situations? Yeah, that's a uh, that's interesting. I didn't. <laughs> I do remember we. I do remember seeing the clutch record stuff being thrown at like Twitter, like all the time last year. And I feel like that's kind of died down this year, even though it's been like the similar struggles. Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest, like my, like, at least with clutch games, like for the most part, like those are pretty luck based. And I think, you know, like, I'm not going to say it's like a small sample size, but it's also like a huge sample size. If you, especially like this year, especially on your first year coach. Um, I mean, I I just think the offense is just, it's just so stagnant at the end of games and you just, you just look at it. And just, I remember, you know, one of the shining examples might've been, I think the last Cleveland game when they blew it, and I saw a highlight of it last night, like when Dennis hit that like fadeaway over, you know, like the mid range jumper over uh, Osman, it was just like, that wasn't a good possession. And like, it's just small stuff like that. It just, I feel like the offense just grinds to a halt. And then as a result, like if they see just like even a little bit of momentum, it just, things just seem to fall apart. And it's just, I think that's where it kind of starts. I don't think, it's fair. One, it's a small sample size this year, right? Six and 11, that's not that many games. Like if, if a few games go their way, you know, let's say they're eight and nine, and then you're feeling, okay, right around 500, that's that's a little bit more average, right? So sure, you can make that excuse, but at the same time, it's just, I don't think it's quite fair to look at last year too. Like I know similar, like mostly the same roster, but you got, you have different, you have a different coach in Ime. And I think, you know, like sure, some of the problems have have kind of stuck from last year and seasons before, before I was here. So I can't speak to that, but for the most part, it's just, I don't know. I think it's too early to say just because sure. It is like kind of a, like a, like a very like nerve wracking or just like a nervous thing if you are a fan, but I think it's, it's if they win, if they win a few more, you, you feel better about it. And it's just, I, I just think it's too small of a sample size as a first year coach right now for Ime to, to kind of judge on that, even based on past seasons. Yeah, no, yeah, I think I agree with you 100% on the email part of it is like you can't. And the and the fact of the roster being, you look at the still 17 games and I want to know like, okay, who's on the floor? Like who do they actually have available for mm-hmm. those games in crunch time? Like how many of those games were as, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Brown or whoever out in those big moments? Um, but at the same time, it does, I mean, I do think it is indicative of like the fact that a lot of the guys on this team still try to do hero mode in those yeah. situations. Like you said, you brought up the, the Schroeder jump shot, like someone who newly brought in and then, you know, Tatum Brown, I think even Marcus smart to a degree, like 
they they want they all talk like they want to play well together in those moments mm-hmm. but when adversity strikes a lot of the time or when their a play gets a first option gets blown up a lot of it just you know turns into iso mode in those situations so and then honestly defensively too they've made a lot of mistakes in those clutch time spots too where they don't get as much attention on them because it's defense and it's tougher to tell in real time like who's making the you know the who's not in the right spot or who shouldn't have made that switch or whatever but that was for a team that's supposed to be built on defense i think that's the area where you want to see that part of the game tighten up for them if they want to be that if they want that to be at their identity at all yeah and i think like you can say top 10 defensive rating but right at 10th like i think this roster should be better like cleveland is yeah. third and like Evan Mobley is, 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 is an incredible player, but like with the personnel, with, with Ime and what they've been selling, like they should be better than 10th in defensive rating, in, in, at least in my opinion. Yeah. That and starting double big, like that's, you have to be, you can't just be 10th. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're, if you're giving up, if you're punching on three point shooting in your starting five pretty much every night, then yeah. yeah but yeah. <laughs> it's, but we'll see though. It is, like you said, I think it's early here 16, 16. Um, half the team out in COVID protocols for much of the last week. Um, and then Jalen Brown out for a huge chunk before that. So we'll see how things look as they close out this tough December. Uh, Sweet will be there in Milwaukee and Minnesota over the next week to, to give us the, one of the few live in-person looks from Celtics coverage on masslive.com. That'll be framing <laughs> it and me giving him shout outs for taking this trip for uh, <laughs> the first time dad here. Um, but we look forward to that. And well, we, we also got the Suns next week too. So it'll be an interesting week here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, December is brutal, but like a lot of great games, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of good basketball. Uh, if the Celtics obviously play off the par <laughs> round one Suns wasn't exactly pretty to say the least. No, it was not. There, that should be, <laughs> again, I'll be circled and it'll be a one o'clock start if I'm right. Um, on New Year's Eve. So we're going to have to, yeah. So you, maybe you get the the Western Time Zone Suns in a tough spot. Oh yeah, start the game in the morning. But we'll see how that shakes out. But make sure you're following Suichi Tirada on Twitter at S O U I C H I T E R A D A. Um, got it. Make sure you get that. He's putting great stuff up on Mass Live as well regularly. So find him on there as well and. We will talk to you guys next week. Suichi, thanks for coming aboard. Yeah, thanks for having me.